Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello again. I'm John Gidley, and welcome to another trip into the football attic. Since today is Black Friday, and because I don't want to run out of NFL ideas too quickly, today we're going to talk college football, specifically the rivalry that made Black Friday a college day, Penn State versus Pittsburgh. First, a little backstory. Prior to the mid-1970s, college teams seldom played on the day after Thanksgiving. This was because most chose to play on Turkey Day itself. As a matter of fact, one of the biggest games in the history of college football was played on Thanksgiving Day in 1971, when top-ranked Nebraska won on the road against number 2 Oklahoma, 35-31. As the 70s progressed and the NFL continued its astronomical growth, college games on Thanksgiving became an afterthought, as more and more people watched the Lions and Cowboys traditional games that day. The first big college game to be played on Black Friday was in 1974, when second-ranked Alabama beat number 7 Auburn in the Iron Bowl, 17-13. The next year, number two Texas A&M played number five Texas the day after Thanksgiving, and the Aggies beat the Longhorns 20 to 10. It was on Black Friday, 1976, that one of college football's long-lost rivalries took on a whole new meaning. That night at Three Rivers Stadium, the top-ranked team in the country, the Pittsburgh Panthers, hosted their in-state rivals, the Penn State Nittany Lions, who were ranked 16th. Given that these two schools have the most successful college football programs in Pennsylvania, they were natural rivals. Pitt first played Penn State in 1893, and by this point they had played each other in late November every year since 1935. Rarely had they played, however, with this much on the line, and with this many eyes on them. In front of a primetime national audience on ABC, Tony Dorsett, that season's Heisman Trophy winner, ran for 224 yards and two touchdowns as Pitt maintained their perfect record by beating Penn State 24-7. The Panthers would go on to defeat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl to win the 1976 National Championship. The next time Penn State and Pitt played each other on Black Friday was in 1978, when the script was completely flipped. The game was played at Penn State, the Nittany Lions were number one, and the Panthers were 15th. This time, a classic finish ensued. With just over five minutes to play, Pitt led by a 10-7 score. Penn State faced a fourth down and two at the Panthers' five-yard line. The field goal unit, led by future Super Bowl-winning kicker Matt Barr, began to take the field. But rather than settle for a tie, and remember this was in an era before overtime, Joe Paterno chose to go for it. The decision paid off as running back Mike Gooman took the pitch from quarterback Chuck Fusina and raced into the end zone to give the Nittany Lions the lead for good. Unlike Pitt in 76, however, Penn State could not cap off a perfect season as they wound up losing to Alabama in the Sugar Bowl 14-7. Their next Black Friday meeting was in 1980, once again in State College. This time Pitt was number four and Penn State was number five. Despite their high rankings, however, neither were in realistic contention for the national championship. That was a title that belonged solely to the Georgia Bulldogs and their Heisman-winning running back, Herschel Walker. Still, it was a very big game, as was the case most times these two teams met. 
and, likewise, it was a defensive struggle. With the Panthers leading late 14-9, Nittany Lions quarterback Todd Blackledge attempted to throw a pass out of bounds in order to stop the clock. Unfortunately, Blackledge didn't give it the necessary arm strength, as the pass stayed in bounds and was intercepted. Pitt hung on for the victory, which was their second in a row against Penn State, a feat they had not accomplished in over 30 years. Sadly, the final time these two teams faced each other on Black Friday was 38 years ago, but it was arguably the most meaningful Penn State-Pitt game ever. Yet again, they played at Beaver Stadium. Todd Blackledge was still quarterbacking the Nittany Lions, as well as running back Kurt Warner. That's Kurt with a C. The Panthers quarterback saw limited playing time in the 1980 game, but was front and center this time. His name, of course, was Dan Marino. He was already being regarded as one of the top quarterback prospects in the upcoming NFL draft, and would throw a then-record 48 touchdown passes for the Miami Dolphins just two years after this game was played. On this day, however, a strong Penn State defense and an equally strong breeze kept Marino and the rest of Pitt's offense in check. The Panthers did most of the same, only not as efficiently. Kurt Warner ran for 118 yards, setting up kicker Nick Gansitano for four field goals. Gansitano was able to manage the wind, unlike his counterpart Eric Schubert, who missed three kicks on the day. Penn State won 19-10, and four weeks later upset top-ranked Georgia in the Sugar Bowl to win their first outright national championship in school history. That 1982 game was the last time that a game between Penn State and Pitt meant that much. As the 80s and 90s progressed, the rival schools were rarely competitive at the same time. As has been the case for several classic rivalries, conference commitments, and money, of course, led to the downfall of the Battle of Pennsylvania. After playing in 2000, the Nittany Lions and Panthers wouldn't meet on a football field again until 2016. They've played each other once again in three of the last four seasons, but it appears as though this is only a temporary arrangement. But hey, look on the bright side. At least it gives Penn State more opportunities to play Idaho. The same goes for Pitt, as their classic rivalry with Austin P can be renewed yet again. Thanks for joining me for this trip into the football attic, and I hope to see you again next week. In the meantime, check out all the other great podcasts here on the Sports History Network, and follow me on Twitter at JFG Sports. Until next time, this is John Gidley. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I hope that you enjoyed this recent episode presented by the Sports History Network and were able to learn some good old-fashioned sports history knowledge nuggets. I started the Sports History Network back in 2020 with the mission to help podcasters find a community of like-minded sports history nerds as well as helping aspiring podcasters to start their own shows. We have a little bit over 30 shows on the network right now covering all sorts of sports history, but as far as I'm concerned, we're just at the toothpick in the ocean moment, you know, that can't even figure it out because there's so much more coming. We wanted to create the ultimate headquarters for sports yesteryear, starting with Podcast Network and our website, but we're going to continue to move into other mediums as well. And here's the cool part, because we want you to be part of our team. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast, or maybe being a guest on one of our shows, or who knows, maybe even writing an article for us over on the website. Seriously, all you got to do is reach out to us on the contact page over at sportshistorynetwork.com. You can be as technologically savvy as a Neanderthal tapping on a stone trying to figure out this whole hieroglyphics thing back in the day. Again, it doesn't matter, because even if you don't understand the whole podcast space, we have a production team that can pretty much help you out with doing everything. All you gotta do, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com, head to the contact page, fill it out. That message goes right to me, and I'll reach out to you as soon as I can. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through.